0: Hello, my name is Ferrin Glenfield, I'm the Church of Ireland Bishop of Kilmore, Elphin and Ardagh. It's a new year, but we find ourselves once again in lockdown. This is the third time of asking. Our lives are largely limited to our homes and so much that we take for granted has been closed. Shops, offices, schools and indeed churches. I am speaking to you from my garden and in these winter months we have a bird table um, where we put seeds uh, and the birds feed themselves from this table liberally uh, in these hard winter days. I trust and pray that as you join us in these online services that you too would be fed and nourished by the Word of God. And that as we praise online that our hearts would be lifted up and be inspired for hope for today. And for the future and that we pray pray earnestly and seek God's face for our people our church our land and the world in these challenging and demanding days so do join us I know these services are watched both near and far and you're very welcome to these services thank you for joining us
1: Well, greetings to this morning's worship. As our
2: churches are closed again, we're back wholly online and I greet you this morning as we come to worship the Lord together despite our distance. Those who are tuning in for the first time, my name is Reverend Simon Scott, the minister in charge of the Longford Group of Parishes, and I greet you all in the name of Christ this morning. I bring you news of great joy. A Saviour has been born to you. Hallelujah! Unto us a child is born, a son is given. Hallelujah! Lord, we come again to these places where you are worshipped. We come to gather up all we have said and done and thought since the last time we met and bring it as part of our offering of thanks and praise. We have come to seek your truth, to praise your glory, and to allow the light of your love to drive the darkness out of our lives. Amen. And on New Year's Thanksgiving. Wherever you are at home, or maybe you're walking, or wherever you are today, join in these responses with enthusiasm. Remembering all you have done for us over these past 12 months, the way you guided and taught us, the times you offered us strength and support, the occasions you have specially surrounded us with your love and compassion. All you need to us, receive our praise. We come now anticipating the year ahead, knowing you will always be watching over us through it constantly working out your purpose in our lives, looking to lead us to a deeper understanding of your love. For all you mean to us, receive our prayers. Touch our hearts now as we join in worship, as we make time to dedicate ourselves again to one another, to you and to your kingdom. For all you mean to us, receive our prayers. In this year ahead, strengthen us, inspire us, equip us, and lead us forward in your service. In the name of Christ, Amen. Our opening thing, this new year is a as we set our eyes on Jesus, as we seek to follow him, learn from his example, and be imitators of him. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my Say join in as we worship.
3: of the heart. Let us pray.
4: Preaching and baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and the old people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the river Jordan. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locust and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I, the studs of whose sandals I am not worthy worthy to stood down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. At that time Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming out of the water, he saw heaven being thrown open and the Spirit descended on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
5: before the throne of god above i have a strong a perfect plea a great high priest whose name is love whoever lives and pleads for me my name is written on his hands my force me to depart No par can force me to depart When Satan tempts me to despair And tells me of the guilt within Upward I look and see him there Who made an end to all My sinful soul is counted free For God the just is satisfied To look on Him and pardon me To look on Him and pardon me Behold Him there, the risen Lamb my perfect sinless righteousness the great unchangeable i am the king of glory and of grace one with my lord i cannot die my soul is purchased by his blood my life is safe with christ on high with christ my savior and my god My Saviour and my God
6: So shall we pray? Living God, thank you for your holy written word. Thank you for the rich heritage of Christian music. Please speak to us through this Bible reading today. For Jesus' sake. So what remarkable events we've witnessed in the last few days, uh, Wednesday in Washington DC as uh, supporters of um, outgoing President Donald Trump uh, broke into the Capitol building and uh, people around the world were shocked at what they were seeing. And uh, it seems to me a lot to do with the transition of power from one president and administration to another. We're going to be thinking today about the ministry of John the Baptist. and. As it were, he was looking for the transition of power from his ministry to that of the Lord Jesus. And we're going to be thinking about this passage from Mark's Gospel, uh, and uh, as we do, of a few little points. The first thing I want to look at is the fact that John's ministry was in the wilderness. There was something of a spiritual revival happening under the ministry of John the Baptist, and uh, it, it's it's easy to overlook that, but with uh, news of all kinds of people travelling from the Judean countryside and all the people, we read, in Jerusalem going out to him. It must have been extraordinary. And isn't it interesting that God shows that John should be in this out-of-the-way place? You may feel today as though you're in a bit of an out-of-the-way place. And it it might uh, lead you to think, well, could God ever use me in this place? The answer is, of course he can. And almost certainly, he already is, as John was used in the wilderness. So you can be used in in whatever place you may happen to be at this uh, point in time. This is not to say that somehow there's a kind of reverse psychology going on. God can never use people living in uh, in large pulsating metropolises. But the fact is, God can use his people wherever they happen to be, even in a wilderness. Well the second thing I, I want to think about is that as the people came to John they confessed their sins. It was a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins and uh, that involved a specific confession of sins. Very often we associate this choice of words with the Roman Catholic Church but without getting into the use of confessional boxes of one thing and another What I do see in this passage is that there was a specific identification of actual sins that needed to be renounced and repented of. The Church of Ireland, in the beautiful liturgy that we use in the general confession, I think it's a great thing that we should use that Sunday by Sunday, week by week. But actually, what it can do is end up people never actually being specific about particular sins that they are repenting of. And that can be a problem. Because without being specific, it may well be that there are things that we never address, that we never deal with. And that's not the intention. In the case of John the Baptist, people put their finger on exactly what it was that needed to be dealt with. And it's worth remembering that part of the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to bring about conviction of sin. And you may well have had the experience, as I have, of thinking, I should never have done that. I should never have said that. That thing was wrong, and there's no two ways about it, and I need to make sure I do not do that again. Confession of sins. It's worth mentioning that uh, it's not a good idea to kind of use a magnifying glass on every single motive that we've ever had, because otherwise it can become a little bit too navel-gazing. But it it is important to emphasise this importance of being specific. The third point I want to look at is this. John emphasises the ministry of Jesus who would come after him. After me, he says in verse 7, comes the one more powerful than I John was clear he wasn't the Messiah. Now, this may seem like a bit of an obvious thing to say, but... The truth is that leaders and those with any kind of responsibility can sometimes act like they have a bit of a messiah complex. Don't worry everyone, I'm here, I've got it all under control, you can trust me, everything's gonna be just fine. I remember being quite taken aback at the beginning of his presidency when um, Donald Trump looked into the camera and on the day of his uh, inauguration said something like this, I want you to be absolutely clear that I will never, ever let you down. I thought, how can anyone
7: say to even one person, never mind hundreds of millions of people, that he would never, ever let them down?
6: It seems to me that the only person that can say that is God. God will never, ever let us down, but leaders will. All of us will, at times, get it wrong, make mistakes, and let other people down. John knew he was not the Messiah. We need to remember, it's not about us. It is about him. We thought earlier on about the fact that there was something of a spiritual revival happening under the ministry of John the Baptist. And if and when God chooses to use particular people, particular churches, particular ministries, there's almost a heightened danger of this very thing happening. So it's especially noteworthy that when John's ministry was going so well, when it was like everyone was talking about him, everyone wanted to get oh. close to him, the whole oh. Judean countryside, all the people of Jerusalem, wow, how amazing was that have been? And yet at that time, John was so clear, it's not about me. I was helped as a student in the University of Dundee in Scotland, uh, when someone introduced me to a book with a not very exciting name, it was called The Memoir and Remains of Robert Murray McShane. It didn't sound very exciting, in fact, it sounded rather morbid, I thought. But as I got into it, I was amazed by this book. It, it was such a blessing to me. As I read about the ministry of a young man, he only lived to I think, be about 29, uh, a minister in the Presbyterian Church of Scotland, in the church of St. Peter's in the city of Dundee. You can still see it today. And God used this young man, Robert Murray McShane, in a a, a tremendous way, an awesome ministry that he had. But in the wisdom of God, it was when he was away from his church on a a mission trip to the Holy Land, when another minister was standing in for him, that a a revival took place and extraordinary things occurred. And it was a test of his character, which... I think it's fair to say he passed, because he thanked God that the blessing came, and he acknowledged that it was reminded that it wasn't all about him. An embarrassing moment in my life came some years ago as a curate in Cornwall under the leadership of uh, Count David White, who's my training company. We were on a parish weekend away, And at this particular weekend, which I thought was a great idea, we're having a wonderful time, the vicar, Colonel David, identified particular leaders in the church He wanted to stay behind at the end of the session because he was going to brief them on what was going to happen next. And he pointed out particular people, mentioned their names, and he didn't point me out. He didn't mention my name. And I went off, I have to say, in a bit of a sulk, thinking to myself, how did he not choose me? What's wrong with me? Why wasn't I involved? Why wasn't I included? And then, after a little while, I thought, just listen to yourself, Patrick, as if it was all about you. What does it matter whether you were uh, pointed out or not? Some of you will be familiar with the Methodist covenant prayer, which is used at this time of year. Traditionally, I think on the first Sunday, not this, the second of the, the new year. Nonetheless, and it's worth just reminding ourselves if you've never come across it before, I'd thoroughly recommend it to you the Methodist Covenant Prayer. I'm going to read just part of that prayer, and this is how it goes. The prayer includes these words Let me be employed for you, or laid aside for you, exalted for you, or brought low for you. The idea being It's not about me and my ego and my self-importance. It's about him. It's about the greater glory of God. And if he chooses to use me, praise the Lord. If he chooses not to use me, praise the Lord. In one sense, it is irrelevant. So long as I'm being faithful, whether I'm in the centre of things or not, is neither here nor there. John was happy that people should know it wasn't all about him. It was and is all about Jesus. Well, the final thing that I notice in this passage is that John contrasted his ministry of baptism with that of Jesus. His baptism, he said, was a baptism with water. But Jesus, he said, would baptise in the Holy Spirit. It's worth remembering that, of course, baptism represents something like soaking drenching, being covered, drowned almost, in water. And if we were to think about being soaked, drenched, drowned almost in the Holy Spirit, isn't it interesting to think that that's what we should aspire to? John wanted people to see that Jesus' ministry of baptism in the Holy Spirit was so much better. Now this is not to say that baptism in water doesn't matter. Jesus himself succumbed to baptism by John in an act of great condescension and humility, identifying with sinful humanity. We today baptize uh, in accordance with the Lord's own command and we should continue doing so. It's not something that should be phased out, not at all. However, we should remember that only Jesus can baptize with the Holy Spirit and this is what we should desire to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now it's a great sadness that what should be a uniting theme for all Christians everywhere has somehow been used to be divisive. This should not be. I think we can all agree that we need the Holy Spirit. And I hope we can all agree that we need more of the Holy Spirit, certainly I know that. And I'm not ashamed to say it. I want more of the Holy Spirit in my life and in my ministry and in our church. But here's an interesting aspect which we often forget. Colin read a few moments ago the awesome words that God the Father said of his son, the Lord Jesus. As he came up out of the water, he said these words, you are my son whom I love, with you I'm well pleased. What a remarkable thing. Over the 30 years that had preceded this moment, it's as though God the Father was placing his seal of approval. I'm well pleased. Jesus hadn't done any public ministry at this point. He hadn't preached any his sermons, he hadn't healed anyone. There were no crowds following him at this point. And yet God the Father could say over him, I am well pleased, you are my son. Now the extraordinary thing is that it's one of the most wonderful aspects of the ministry of the Holy Spirit that he tells us that we are God's own children. I'm going to read for a moment from Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 8, these words. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. This is what the Holy Spirit does. It's that the Holy Spirit enables us to know that it's though God the Father says over, over us... You are my child, you are my son, you are my daughter. And with you, I'm well pleased. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Regardless of how noteworthy our lives may be, regardless of where in the world we happen to live, regardless of how many other people talk about us or take note of us, God the Father does. And it's the Holy Spirit inside us that testifies to us so that we know we belong. We know God is our Father. And that whatever else may be said, if he is well pleased with us, nothing else matters. For his glory and honour.
8: Let us pray. The Collect Almighty God, in the birth of your Son, you have poured on us the new light of your incarnate word and shown us the fullness of your love. Help us to walk in this light and dwell in his love, that we may know the fullness of his joy, who is alive and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and for ever. Amen.
7: And so as we continue in prayer we are so aware of this new year that lies ahead of us and so we pray we praise you lord for the wonderful ways in which you have given to repentant sinners pardon for all that is past and a fresh start in life by faith in the name of jesus May we have such faith now and in the year ahead that our lives shall be evidence of what you have done for us and shall lead others also to experience your grace of forgiveness, your healing of body or mind, and your power in the life made new. We ask it in the name of Jesus. The name that is above every name, a name to be honoured, a name to be trusted, to be adored, now and for evermore. Amen.
2: O God, to whom glory is sung in the highest, while on earth peace is proclaimed to men of goodwill, Grant that good will to us, thy servants. Cleanse us from all our sins and give perpetual peace to us and to all people. Through thy mercy, O God, who art blessed and dost govern all things, world without
6: end. Amen.
8: Heavenly Father, as we come to you now, in the light of Christmas and the new year. Lord, help us to come close to you, knowing that you, in turn, come close to us. We thank you for the promises of the Bible and help us to trust you more with our lives. We pray for those we know who are sick at this time And that you would bring your healing touch upon them. And for those who are bereaved. That you will bring your comfort. Lord we know for many that Christmas is a difficult time. And we pray for your strength. And your leading. Lord as we've been talking about our world, the challenges of coping with the pandemic. We pray for all who are trying to help others at this time, those in our hospitals, GPs, those who are working in essential services. We pray for those who are sick and that you will bring healing, please. And Lord, for the schools, as they are having to adjust to changing timetables already about when to start back. Be with teachers and children and their families as they try to adjust. And for the vaccine, we thank you that vaccine, vaccines are coming on stream, but we pray that you'll give wisdom as to how they are brought out. those involved in all the testing side as well. And Lord, as we've uh, seen a trade deal between the European Union and Britain, Lord, again, we pray for the implementation of this as today begins the start of a new working relationship between Britain and the rest of Europe. And how... The country of Ireland is affected by that.
2: So we join in the prayer, called walking by faith. Wonderful God, so great and so majestic, so loving and so compassionate, so high and so holy, so humble and so near. We commit ourselves to walk by faith, to trust you with our lives and to seek by our words, and our deeds by what we say and do and are to the name of christ
8: amen and we close with the prayer that jesus taught us our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory for ever and ever. Amen.
2: May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. And our closing hymn, appropriate, In this time of seasons when we think about the Lord's provision and his presence. Lord, for the years, your love has kept and guided.
9: this new year as we come together as a church community in worship how important is it for us just to stop for a moment to stop and to be still to recognize that all that is going on around us is just that it's going on around us because in christ we are who we always have been Known by him, loved by him, purposed by him. Even when we seems that things are really difficult, even when it seems that we don't know where we're going, how good is it for us as Christians to stop and to take stock in this new year, in this season of resolutions, to be resolute in knowing who Christ is. We're going to take a moment in prayer. And maybe for the first time for some people, it's a time to commit ourselves to Christ, to know who he is in our lives. For many who've been feeling that real hopelessness, we know that we need to come to a place where actually we say to God, I'm here, I'm available and it's over to you. Or maybe for some of us who have been walking the Christian journey for a very long time and we are a bit longer in the tooth maybe we've come to a place where actually it's just good to stop to take stock and to hand back to God we're going to do that now in prayer I was once mine from this point forward I am yours make clear my purposes in life place me among my loved ones and expand my heart to love all Lord we bring those before you whom we need to learn to love. Help me to think the things you want me to think. Say the things you want me to say and do the things you want me to do. Even if it means I am belittled, ignored or criticized. Give me people to encourage, serve and love. Lord, help us remember those whom we encourage. Give me times of peace and rest so I can love and be loved by you. Let me be a light to a dark world so people can see you working in me. Make me humble and remind me that everything I have is because of you. Lord, help us to be humble. Thank you for times of happiness and prosperity. They are a gift. Thank you for your presence and promise in days of sadness and hardship. I emerge stronger and wiser. Let me discover, embrace and fulfil your will For my life whatever it may be with joy and in fullness I give my possessions my time and my energy to you and to your purposes almighty holy and blessed God father son and holy spirit you are true love and I am yours and so it is Lord, let the covenant I am making here on earth be acceptable and pleasing to you. Amen.